and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we are joined by Amber Arkell from Service Land Surveying. And we are specifically talking about cross leases today, something which I can't believe we're up to about episode 340, and we haven't talked about cross leases yet. So, Amber, thanks for joining us on the show today. Why don't you just start by giving us a sense of who Service is and how long you guys have been around? Sure thing. Well, thanks for having me on the show today, guys. Service Consultants is a family owned and operated in Canterbury land surveying firm and it is run by the Frizzell family. It was owned by Hamish's, our current managing director's father, and we've been around for about 63 years. Amazing, good Kiwi company and you guys do everything within surveying. So why don't you start by talking to us what a cross lease is and why they exist, because they're an odd type of title. Yeah, they definitely are a unique form of land ownership that is starting to get a lot more publicity and awareness with people when it's coming to buying or selling. So a cross lease is where multiple individuals own an undivided share of the land of which they build on, with the land being leased off each other for, you see the wording, 999 years. So they were established in the late 60s, early 70s, around the time when the Harbour Bridge was built, and it was a quick way for people to subdivide without having to go through the, at the time, development contribution costs, and it was an easy, quick way for people to get another dwelling on the property without having to do the full subdivision. And you can imagine that people back then would have thought this was great, you know, we won't divide the land, both people who own the homes are going to own that land, and we'll just have two houses on it. Yeah. But now there are some issues around it, so why don't you talk to us about why people want to get out of cross leases and want to convert those into fee simple titles? Sure. So one of the questions I ask people when we get inquiries about their cross lease and they want to know a bit more about converting, I ask them, why are you looking to convert? What is the reason? Because there are (laughs) varied reasons. And the main one that a lot of people are interested in is the potential uplift in value that changing from cross lease to freehold would enable. The other is the ability to renovate, alterate as they wish without having to get written neighbours' consent. That's often a big one. And it's just more, and then you avoid potential, you know, there can be personality differences, shall we say, when it comes to people on cross leases. And so it's ticking a lot of boxes and it's future proofing a better title for your property and when it comes to selling as well. And actually, do people tend to look at this when they go to sell a property? Big time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they panic, panic, panic. We want to change. And then I say, actually, guys, it's a bit of a process. And I know in the next episode, we're going to talk a bit more about case studies. And and I've seen uh, some real life examples, including some of my own, where it can be quite a challenge because if your neighbor doesn't agree to changes that you you want to do, you just can't do them. And when you own your own house, you kind of expect that you can, but you can't. And that'd be changes to your property, like renovations or specific renovations. What other things do sometimes neighbours, homeowners rather, prevented from doing because of the cross lease and your neighbours saying no? Yeah, well, I mean, you hear some real horror stories and there can be some really blurred lines around what people need to get consent for and what they don't. Some lawyers would actually say that the internal renovations need neighbours' consent. Mm. In most cases, it's about the alterations to the flats plan. And so, for example, what might be a small deck they want to extend, what might be a carport, they then convert to a double garage. And then obviously, by doing those alterations, which is another component of cross leases, is causing that defective title, which I'm sure we'll get to at another point. But, you know, it comes with a whole bunch of People think they can just do these easy changes and actually on a cross lease, you may need council consent for whatever structure it is you're building. You actually first then need your neighbour's consent in writing to protect it 
and then get your council consent whereby the structure requires council consent and then you need to look at updating the flats plan or changing to freehold. Now I do want to get into the value uplift in a second but first of all talk to us for those uninitiated what's a flats plan? Sure so on a cross lease there's a legal document that's done by a surveyor that essentially if you had a a very stencil outline black and white, and it just has the outline of the building, of the overall lease. Like a bird's eye view. A bird's eye view, very basic, you know, very straightforward, but it is done by a registered land surveyor. It is what you go off. So as soon as you make an alteration, e.g. deck, e.g. carport, now a garage, you are then altering what's on the legal lodged flats plan. And that's where you'd have to have more hearty discussions with your neighbour and get their consent? Oh, absolutely. And it's not uncommon that people just rip and bust and just get it done. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's where you create a defective title. Do you, yeah. Is this a good point that we can talk about? Yeah, let's talk title? about okay, defective let's, titles. Let's touch on this because it's often what causes people to then panic and want to change to freehold and things. So a defective title is whereby, what I've alluded to, the outline of the building or structure on the cross lease does not match the registered flats plan. So what happens is if, say for example, someone was to go and sell their defective cross lease and they put it on the market, usually it's the lawyer that brings it to their attention when people are putting an offer and they're doing their due diligence. The lawyer will bring it up, hey, this is a defective title. Sometimes people will try and bargain down on price and do that. Banks and insurance companies are becoming a lot more reluctant to lend money on a defective title and it can, and I've seen it happen, it can Ruin sales. Yeah, actually, I will jump in and just talk about the property that I'm selling at the moment. So one of the properties that I'm selling at the moment, which is an older villa. So again, I'm going through a lot of my portfolio and getting rid of the old duds. Look, it's a great house, great family home, but it's just not a great investment because it doesn't meet healthy home standards anymore. It's on a cross lease, which we're not a big fan of at the moment, personally, and we can't get the neighbour to agree to fee simple it. My idea was that I could fee simple it, add some value, and then sell it off. They're just saying, no, absolutely not. So it's a bit of pain. So now we're just going through the process of getting rid of it so I can buy more. Now it's been discovered, and I'm sure I probably knew this when I bought it, but didn't really care. It didn't didn't affect me so much that the carport is not on the flats plane. So the new purchaser has come to me and said, I hate, you know, my lawyer said I can't buy this until that's rectified. So now we've got a situation where we've got to tear down the carport. Now, of course, He's minusing some money off the purchase price, as he should, because he's not getting a carport as he thought he was. So now, of course, I can't get that signed off from the neighbour who also won't let me fee simple it. So therefore, I'm losing money on a deal because of the cross-lease situation. So it can be a real challenge, and that's just one of the situations that I've been in where where it became an issue. So tell me this, Amber. How does the lawyer know that it's a defective title? Because if, say, there's a carport that's not on the flats plan... Mm -hmm but is there in real life. Lawyers don't typically go and check out the properties before they give their consent or sign it all off. So how does the lawyer know it's defective? Yeah, that's where I guess we have a system whereby we use a platform that allows us to do an aerial view. So when I'm taking inquiries and talking people through all this information, I will pull up the flats plan and I will pull up the aerial view of the property and I can actually see that garage is, hey, is that a carport or is that a garage now or what is that and talk that through people. And and it's amazing the amount of people that have no idea idea and it's really unfortunate the amount of people that have bought defective titles and are now trying to sell them and are now having the issue because it was never bought up in their purchase yeah so it should be the lawyer you know researching it looking into it 
asking questions, finding out and making sure it is. But if not, they can just ring us and we'll we'll help them. Yes, yes. So something like Google Maps or something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, I think it's just really important if you're looking to buy a cross-lease that you are identifying any potential defective issues. Conservatories in Christchurch are a real big problem. Because oh. they close them in and they change them, but they're still on the flats plan listed as a conservatory. Okay, interesting. So we've got some issues around cross-leases, yeah. which is why there's an uplift if you're able to convert it to fee simple. Correct. So just before we hit the record button, you were talking about a study that you'd read from Auckland that said some interesting things. Do you want to walk us through here? Of course. So obviously um, different areas across the country will have different potential uplift in value when it changes from a cross-lease to fee simple or cross-lease to freehold, whatever you want to call it. There's a study written by an Auckland property professor, albeit now it was a few years ago, but we still do refer to it in that he talks about the potential uplift for an Auckland cross-lease property that goes from cross-lease to freehold has anywhere between 7 and 18% uplift in value. I have heard stories whereby someone has lost $100,000 on a sale because it was a cross-lease. Wow. Because when the Harbour Bridge was built, so there's about 200,000 cross-leases in New Zealand, 100,000 of those are in Auckland, with the majority of those on the North Shore. That's because of when that Harbour Bridge was built, expansion, quick, easy way to get more people over there. So that is where a lot of our inquiries in Auckland come from is the North Shore. And obviously a lot of those properties, particularly in Takapuna area, they are worth a lot of money. So when you're looking at, let's say, anywhere between twenty to $40,000 for a two-lot cross lease to change to freehold, and you're talking million-dollar properties – it's well worth it. Well worth it. Especially if it's on both sides. If you've got $2 million properties, which is the average uh, value of a North Shore home, and you're both going up 10%, that's 200k in that yeah. instance on both of you. Yeah. And what does it cost to, roughly, generally sure. speaking, are we talking to convert two properties from cross-lease to fee simple? Sure. So the figures I can give you around that are Auckland and Christchurch base. So obviously different areas across the country are going to have different fees. Our ballpark cost for a two-lot cross-lease in Auckland to change from cross-lease to freehold is anywhere between thirty eight and forty thousand dollars in total. That's your surveying fees, legal fees, council, lens, and your initial CCTV inspection. Ballpark costs. In Christchurch, you're looking more around the twenty to twenty two K mark. So it is a little bit less. There's less requirements in Christchurch to change to freehold than it is in Auckland. Less around the services and things like that. There is a misconception. People come to us and go, well, how much is it going to cost to separate out the services? You don't need to separate out the services. However, in Auckland, the services need to be in good order, met to the council's expectations, and that's why the CCTV inspection is done. But as long as both properties have separate water meters, you're pretty much good to go. And so just a question around this. So does both party end up with the equal amount of section at the end of this? Now, that is a really good question because a lot of, in the wording on a cross lease, they say, let's just say talk two lot crosses for simple Um, it says that they have a half share so you can imagine someone with a two third house house someone's got two thirds and the other one's got a third Mm. they go well I've got we own half the land (laughs) and that's not the case at all you have a half share in the underlying use of the land however the legal boundaries when you change from cross lease to freehold typically are your current occupying areas. Now, it's not uncommon if people are working together, they get on well with their neighbour, they've inquired, they are okay with the pricing, they want to do it. There's not to say that they couldn't have conversations about, hey, well, we would actually really like a little bit more land or whatever. But 
the way it's set up, usually there's fences in place, usually it's pretty straightforward as to where people's occupying areas are, and it's the occupying areas that become the legal boundaries. Which could be a bit of a challenge when you are negotiating with your neighbour, because if your house occupies more than half and, and you're wanting to go through this process, they might then assume incorrectly that they're entitled to half Correct. and not be happy with 450 squares when it was 900 in total, maybe. Correct. Absolutely. And again, that comes down to the conversations with the neighbours. And actually, we're talking off air. Um, this is a, quite an interesting thing for me. I know from buying properties and selling properties that cross leases have this stigma with them because they're maybe less common and people don't understand them in their entirety. And again, if I wasn't selling Rutland Street, if we could have sorted out this neighbour, then I probably would have just fee simpled it and waited for that process. But because I want to raise more capital to buy more properties now, I'm selling it you know, at a discount. Someone else is going to see that uplift. I do think if you've got some old cross-lease properties, it's worth having those conversations with neighbours because you do see a benefit in the open market because people understand what fee simple is. And I know that uh, working with councils, councils find these a bit of a pain in the butt as well. You're going to see, I think, in the future an instance where the councils make it easier to fee simple these. And it might be that there's you know a two-year window that they just want to get them off their books so they give people time to rectify them, or not rectify them, to go through that process. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But we will be back again tomorrow with more case studies about cross-leases. Now, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not come along to our free in-person live podcast recordings? We're coming to Christchurch, Wellington, and Auckland in mid-September, completely free events. And so if you want to come along to those, tap or swipe over the cover art. There will be a link in there. You'll be able to click on that. Or just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash pod event. And the next week, we are going to release this event to our entire database. That's all 10,000 people up to now. I've just kept it on the podcast. Um, so please do go and make sure you get those tickets before it sells out because as soon as it goes out to the database, I know they will all go. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.